Here we go. We're back here again, full swing for episode four of the Diamond Blades podcast. Myself, Adam Naz, joined by my boy here, Chuck Wrights. How we doing? Four. Four, four. Do you want more? Bobby Orr. Oh, man, I'm good, man. Listen, it's Thursday, and I am drained, so I'm going to attempt to wrap myself up today in hopes that I could somehow, somehow muster up the energy, the energy of, of this ginger ale that you see right here, so I won't fizz out. But I'm good. I'm good otherwise. How are you doing? Let's go. I'm I'm ready to roll. Uh, been a long day trying to get the nerves back. I oh, had a, yeah. I had a bit of bit of like a coffee surge yesterday. I just had too much coffee. So I stayed away from that today, and I'm glad I did because uh, I wasn't going to be off the walls. But, uh, <laughs> At least you're honest. Yeah. We're, <laughs> we're good, man. Opening day for Major League Baseball will be next week. We're, we're bi-weekly, so we're going to get our... Uh, you know, picks it now, or favorites to of win course. the divisions, leagues, titles, Cy Young's MVPs, you name mm. it. Hot takes on some Red Sox and Yankees. Of course. Uh, after that, uh, the Bruins, you know, are staying hot despite falling to the Toronto Maple Leafs the other night. And a t- tough one, Tuesday night at the Garden. I happen to be there. Um, yeah. We'll discuss, you know, the key factors for this team down the stretch. On with some key acquisitions at the trade deadline. Uh, playing the Devils tonight, recording on Thursday night. Hopefully they can pull that one out. Our power play segment will, will consist of the hottest team. Uh, in the NBA, I mean, lost two in a row right now, but the Boston Celtics, uh, despite losing uh, center Robert Williams for 46 weeks, uh, we'll touch upon that, too. I uh, want to give a big shout-out to Hedge Better, like always. Justin, you do a great job, man. Hedge Better! Unchained's better. There we go. Um, yeah, big shout-out there. So lots of action here with both sports uh, almost in full swing. Uh Let's let's get it started, Chuckery. Let's let's do it. I yeah. mean, we're we're now in April. Yes, we're recording on March 31st, but listen, we're in April. Yeah, April. Like so. Now this is where everything, and I mean everything, begins to get revved up in terms of the playoffs. We could feel it. Everybody could feel it around here. Bruins, Celtics, they're going to be in the playoffs. So there's a lot to look forward to in the month of April in which I'm ready to talk about. But for right now, there's a lot lot going on with the Celtics. There's a lot of question marks in terms of how they're going to handle the adversity of losing Robert Williams. So far... I like it. You get into the power play first. I like that. Like, I, jeez, yeah, Louis. Like, look, look at me. I, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm so sorry. Adam. No, no, I love like, it. I, let's like, power play, power play. I, I'm starting five on four. Five of course, four. like because I was actually tweeting about this last night. I following the Celtics loss to the Miami Heat. I mean, listen, I knew that this was going to be a tough matchup because we're talking about the Heat in terms of their ability to match up well against the Celtics. You know, with a, a healthy Robert Williams, they 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 could counter with a guy like Bam Adebayo, mm-hmm. um, and obviously you you know you know what the Miami Heat um have in terms of their firepower, you know Tyler Hero, um Jimmy Butler, and even as much as that has been said about the Heat falling apart, you had a feeling that last night's game was a playoff caliber type of game, and it, and it was, but there were a couple of things that really bothered me, and that was number one the turnovers, mm-hmm. and then on top of that. The amount of points that the Celtics allowed in the paint to a team like the Miami Heat, who is, in fact, one of the better teams in the NBA in terms of scoring from the paint. So the thing that worries me now is this. And there was a Celtic fan, and I'm sure many Celtic fans who think like this, where they were saying, well, in Toronto, you didn't have your four best players, blah, blah, blah. So you can't really put that on them. A loss is still a loss. But... I'm not jumping to the point of overreacting or panicking, but I want to put this out there now in the podcast that I put on Twitter last night. Oh, boy. Here we go. When 
you are faced with adversity, that is where you are going to see the little cracks and the true nature of how far this team has come. Determines heart of a champion. Right like there. you saw with Marcus Smart, I didn't like what I saw last night. Oh no, and I, and, and and that's I'm using it as a prime example, especially the fact that 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 he basically got tossed out of the game. Yeah. I mean that's just after the fact they're about to lose anyway. Right. Um but that that, that, that that was like a quit moment. Like why? Like why 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 do that then? In which that Oh sorry, that was my laptop. I blew it. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, is that my phone? No, and my phone's on silent. Like uh, anyways, so my take yeah, of this Celtics game, best loss of the season. Best loss of the season. You best know, loss of the best season. Best loss of the season. You know why? I was gonna say Toronto, but go ahead. Because there's there's six or seven games left. You five, but yes. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Five yeah. games left, yeah. six going into last night. Um you have having the one or two seed is not ideal this season. You do not want to play not a priority. You do not want to play Brooklyn in the first round. Yeah. It, it was the best thing in there. And then after the Toronto loss the other night where they clearly with Tatum and Brown out, mm. which it just said the Marcus Smart FGAs, because he had, I think he had like twenty five points, like twenty field goal attempts, you mm-hmm. knew that was going to carry into this game, and that's what when the Celtics sucked early in the season, when he tried taking that many shots. Marcus Smart uh, was it Wednesday night there yeah. against the Heat. Three for 15. 15 um, field goal attempts, 10 three-point attempts. That's too much for Marcus Smart. We do Absolutely. not want that. That's, uh, that's, that's uh, losing basketball. It's like Marcus Smart reverted back to the old Marcus Smart from the beginning of the season, and even last season, too. Whereas... I'm going to be the volume shooter. I don't care the fact no one asks me not to shoot. I'm just going to chuck the ball in the air and hope that it goes in. That is how you lose game. But for those watching and listening out there, I'm not putting this as some sort of a, as I'm going to pin this game on Marcus Smart. That's not what it's about. No, no. Because if we're going to be frank, listen, um, Jason Tatum didn't have a great game. Jalen Brown didn't. He had an okay game. See, they, I think, but he. But I, I don't think. I don't think neither one of them had their best game last night. I think they played fine. But when it comes down to it, you look at the fourth quarter, 27-15, Miami outscores them at the end of the game. At the end of defensively, at, they just fell apart in the fourth at quarter. The end yeah. of the day, not even just people from the Miami Heat had hit the shots, and the Celtics kept turning over the ball at the end of the game. Yeah. So you just. This game came down to crunch time. And by the way, I couldn't believe. I haven't seen Victor Oladipo play in a while. Like, is he hurt? Is he hurt? Yeah. He's hurt. Uh, he hasn't been healthy. No, I just they said dude. It's a, he says DMP coach's decision. So I'm like, this guy was averaging like twenty. Either points. that like or Eric Spolstra wanted to try a, a new, a whole new uh, combination. Yeah. But I didn't hear anything about like why he didn't play last night. But go ahead. They cut their they cut their bench, and you know what? Pritchard saw some minutes there at the end of the game. I like Pritchard's game. He, he's one of my fa- favorite players on the team. Derek yeah. White obviously has been a great pickup. And how about this? Robert Williams out four to six weeks was the torn meniscus. Now that traded Dennis Schroeder for Daniel Tice. Now who looks like an absolute bandit out of that trade? He's he, yeah. he's saving. I mean, I'm not saying Daniel Tice is going to come in and be you know this set this big bad center that Rob Williams is, mm-hmm. but he has to fulfill at least the role in a way that you know at the game against the Raptors the other night. I know they had no one playing, but he was the catalyst. I think he had close to 20 points. He had an something and, like that and yeah. one layup. He's he's a guy who's worked his way well in the rotation. I think I still think they need to move. Um, they need to. 
get more of these shooters who aren't getting any time at all, like Sam Hauser, even the guy Stuskas who can hit shots down the stretch. Because Aaron Neesmith, he's gotten plenty of he's got plenty of action, plenty of opportunities. I think you need to just these last six, seven games here. I, I don't even care if Tatum and Brown play another game until the postseason. <laughs> um, I I want to see who can play and who can on this bench because at the end of the day, if you don't have Robert Williams the first round and you know you're cut to seven, eight people. And you know people start getting tired in a five, six, seven game series. Yeah. You're gonna need some guys at least in the beginning of the fourth quarter, late third quarter, come in and hit some shots. Well, you know these guys Tatum and Brown. I know they can be playing 40 minutes each, but there'll be a filler and a gap there of time where you're gonna need a scorer on the court. And Marcus Smart is a great um, defensive defensive player for this team, but he is not your answer on that. And neither is Grant Williams has had a fantastic season offensively, the best. I think bigger than the ceiling I ever even imagined, and I, and that's another guy yeah. where I'm not focusing on him to be the third option here. If you th- if you look at the third options of this team of scoring hmm. without Robert Williams, you have Jalen Brown and Tatum. Tatum, I think number one, but I mean, yeah. either way, you can't miss there. And then afterwards, who who's next? Is it is it Derek White, Pritchard, or Al Horford? It's probably it's more than likely Derek White, but Derek yeah. White gives you. He gives you everything. He gives you everything. He gives, he gives you, you a little bit of offense, but he's yeah. definitely like more on the re- on the rebound and defensive side oh, of, yeah. of the ball as well. So, in terms of the Robert Williams thing, four to six weeks, I think that the Celtics are being extremely generous. I, for one, do not want him to come back if he feels that like he's not ready. That's my only concern. But it really is best case scenario that he's only out for six weeks, and that's only like roughly a month. Should the Celtics get to the second round of the NBA playoffs? Because, I mean, let's be honest, let's not assume that the Celtics are going to just walk to the second round of the playoffs. But I do think that those four to six weeks, you're going to see a lot in terms of where this team is, in terms of its dynamic, and in terms of its toughness as well. Because I didn't see, I, I really did not like what I saw last night. Have you ever seen any experience of Rob Williams having re- resiliency to injuries? I I haven't so far. In his no, he, he that's that's his that's been his his problem is his injuries. Yeah. Well, so what what's telling you that he not even four weeks? What's telling you he's even going to be back six weeks? Besides the team doctors saying that when you know it's really all or, it, or, or maybe Celtics PR just putting it out yeah, you there. Know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, but for, but for that. If there's a guy who, you know, even like just say Marcus Smart has this injury, I, I think I would expect him to be back in four weeks. That's the type of player I know he is. Yeah. Rob Williams, I'm not calling him a sissy or anything, but, you know, if you're a center, you're getting those big, bad, bruised injuries. And, again, it comes with all experience. If yeah. you have the experience of not being, you know, prone to – you know, coming back off injury, then how are we supposed to expect him to be back in that date, um, date radius, the time radius? For sure. Yeah, I uh, – for the Celtics, though, I said it. I said best. Let me get back to my point of the best loss of the season. So mm. now the Celtics are two games out of the number one seed, the uh, number four seed right now. They'd be playing Chicago if the season ended. They're tied for third as well. So they would be playing Toronto of the sixth seed. Bottom line, Brooklyn, number eight seed. Gonna be flaming hot going into this uh, postseason with Kyrie Irving able to play everywhere now. So I would stay out of the one-two seeds because if you get a Miami Heat, if you get the Milwaukee Bucks playing the Brooklyn in the first round, that means not only does a, a not even just a good team, a great team go down, but mm. the team who gets out of that series is gonna be beat up. You know? Oh yeah, yeah it's, it's going seven up. games, especially if it's if it's Milwaukee and Brooklyn. Yeah. Oh, it's going seven games because. 
number one, the the Bucks, as we all know, defending NBA champions. But now that Kyrie's available to play home and away, now it changes. I mean, we're just speaking hypothetical, yeah. obviously. Now that would change the entire tenor of that entire series. Now we talk matchups. We talk about um, like Bobby Portis matching up, um, matching up against like, let's say for example, Kyrie, or a KD go on going up against Giannis, for example. Yeah. Um, I I don't remember if Spencer Dinwiddie is out still for the season or if he or if he's returned yet. But if he, but Spencer if he's, Dinwiddie, I think the, he plays for the Mavericks. He got traded to the Mavericks. Yeah, yeah, traded. Yep. Okay. Either way, so, I don't know what you're saying. Yeah, right. But yeah. but the matchups become increasingly that important because of the Kyrie factor. Now, yeah, exactly. who is going to defend Kyrie and 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 be able to at least slow him down? You're not going to be able to shut him down completely. That's just an impossible task. So, but you're right. The Celtics they they don't want to play Brooklyn in the first no. round. Like, but but I do believe that. If you are the Celtics, if you're going to get to the finals, you have to at least get through either Brook, either Brooklyn or Milwaukee for sure. Oh, you're gonna absolutely. And if if they're even at the seed they're at right now, you're talking about hypothetically Brooklyn plays uh, Milwaukee in the first round, seven versus two, and then we would play the Heat in the second round. So we get away from Milwaukee, yeah, and Brooklyn the first two rounds. I think that would be big. Just uh, small like predictions here. I think if I think Brooklyn could beat the Heat. I don't think Milwaukee. I don't think Brooklyn has what it takes to beat Milwaukee. I think the head coach Steve Nash still has a lot to learn, and uh, mm-hmm. their defense isn't. You know, that's what's they don't defend well. Killing them, yeah. They don't defend well. Bottom line, uh, they they're putting a lot of pressure on Andre Drummond to play well. If you think that guy, you know, is good with pressure, just see when he was with Detroit. See when he was with all these losing teams. Yeah. Now that he's with a winning team, it's. Re- I think they're going to start getting pissed. Kyrie and Kevin Durant when these guys around them aren't going to play to their level. Right. And and you talk about Andre Drummond, you talk about his importance coming up for whoever the Brooklyn Nets play in the first round. Yeah. I do think that if Brooklyn is in fact going to make a deep run, now that you have Kyrie back, you have KD who's healthy. Mm-hmm. Both guys are healthy cuz last year if we remember, he was neither one of them were like fully healthy. Go I mean especially Especially going into that game seven between Milwaukee and Brooklyn, where that was a banger. Like that, yeah, that, that was an absolute was banger. banger. So that to me is going to be the most important aspect of the NBA Pleasant Eastern Conference. Is the storyline of of two things: Brooklyn, Kyrie and KD. Can they take their game to another level together, healthy? Although, albeit without um, James Harden. And who got traded to Brooklyn for Ben Simmons, and who knows when Ben Simmons is coming back? That's the first storyline, mm-hmm. and then the other storyline being the Boston Celtics. Can they weather these last five games without without Robert Williams, and as well as the first round? And how will they fare without him defensively? So they play the Pacers, they play uh, I think Detroit, and then yeah. they wrap up with like uh, they have the Bucks in Chicago, and I think there's one more game. Uh, but I think it. You want? I think you want to go to like two, like two and three, three and two. Mm. I think it's fine. Puts you in the position where you're at right now. Where I think if they play Chicago, that's a six game win. I, right. I, I, and then if you play Toronto, Toronto barely beat you with your JV team out there. Which the which was says something, yeah. So that could be fine. I mean, I know Cleveland's two games back of getting there too. Even though you play, give me Cleveland too. I think I think season five they play Cleveland. Yeah, and I think that's it's going to be a fun uh, matchup. But I do think that. 
Also, if if in fact things stay the way that they are, the Celtics being four, I mean, they, they would end up playing the fifth seed, whoever that, that, that may yeah. be. Let's say if it's Chicago or Cleveland, that's a much more favorable matchup, especially I'm not, I'm not worried about offensively. I'm more concerned about defensively, okay, how does how would the Celtics fare against Chicago? You and you know how dangerous they are, or with, with Demar Derozan and, yeah. and, and the year that he's been having, as, along with Zach Levine as as well. So, so there's that concern, and then also like with with Cleveland, Cleveland is no is no pushover either. Like they were actually one of the big surprises in the NBA this season. Yeah, you know they dropped off though. They have a lot of uh, Darius Garland. They they got some Jar- Jared Allen. Jared Allen, yeah, has has been great. I think they had a rookie too. I'm forgetting his name, but they've had a very promising year. That's a team that oh it's cool they'll, they'll make the playoffs, but they'll go down to your point of Chicago. I know I said season six over them if they played each other, but yeah, you, that's a very underrated basketball team yeah. they have over there. I mean, long, yeah, when you mentioned like Lonzo Ball or you know you mm-hmm. mentioned Zach Levine and. DeMar DeRozan is an absolute gamer when it yeah. comes to the last couple of minutes. Uh, kind of reminds me of a you know Jimmy Butler esque type of. Oh yeah. You know, he's just the, that, Take the that cuff on the same cloth. Yep. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So I'm hoping the set, uh, the expectations a week ago <laughs> to this week is they're not they're, they're not non championship expectations, but yeah. But I do think that this is a test. It's a it's, it's a legitimate test for. The Boston Celtics, in terms of where they are going to be, and as well as how do they handle this these these next four and four and a half. Po- yeah. To your point of you know you made total sense you coming right out of the gate and saying of you know this team needs something you know their backs against the wall resiliency they need to see yeah. what they're exactly made of and I I kind of love how they just went from the favorites last week to being you know an underrated team now because they're without their center who's definitely been their third best player all season. Yeah. No, no question, and the reason why that he was a candidate for defensive player of the year—that's how good he's been. And you talk about the development of Robert Williams, considering when he first got drafted out of Texas, out of Texas A&M, mm-hmm. all, all the reports of like him being immature and and like is he mature to be able to play and and mature in terms of being able to handle the responsibility of being an NBA player. It's amazing that we've seen the growth that he's gone now in year three in the league. And I just think that this is just the beginning. He's a dog, man. He's a top center in the league. I feel like every every time someone puts one up for an alley oop, he's always getting it done. Yeah. Uh, even just him on the defensive end. And even the way, even yeah. even his passing, like yeah. last night, I I felt like that was the game where the Celtics really misses really missed uh, Robert Williams passing the most because I feel like as much as we talk about what he does, like in terms of the rebounds and and like and defending against the, some of the top players of the opposing teams. But it's passing in the way how that impacts the offense is what made the Celtics be able to flow so well prior to Robert Williams going down with that injury. And it hurts everyone, but in particular, it hurts Marcus Smart. Yeah. Marcus Smart was just feeding him all day. I think I saw Marcus make a pass last night to Tice in between like traffic. He got picked off in like two seconds. And I'm like, he just he just wants 44 pack. He just yeah. needs them now. Uh, <laughs> Rob Williams, though, yeah, it's great to see how far he's come. I think you need to credit Ime Udoka, yeah. who's, who's had a tremendous, you know, he, again, talk about a guy 
who had a lot of resiliency early in the year, 23 and 24. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we already gotten for his head, and then uh, should should be at least a top three candidate of coach of the year, if not the guy. Uh, I don't know how he doesn't get it. I mean, he comes in to a culture who's kind of beat up, just lost their GM, just had to get rid of their head coach to make him a GM, just to get on the spot. Kind of a tough situation to yeah. where you really didn't know where everything was going. Were they going to trade Jalen Brown? Were they going to get rid of these guys? But that at the end of the day, he's done a very good job, very fine job, and hopefully they can get you know just a, a, a series win or two. Yeah. Obviously in Boston, everyone's title contention, but let's pump the brakes on that a little bit for sure. See if we can get forty four back and really get this thing rolling. Uh, absolutely. Um, moving on now. Great, great to start the power play first. There's no. There's <laughs> it was no, not expected. I was. We got the man advantage. <laughs> We're here. We got the new couch in. Showtime just brought in the new couch. Oh, thank goodness. Good stuff. Uh, we'll go on into MLB opening day. Yeah, let's do it. So that starts next week. Next week, Thursday. Thursday. And then also, as an important um, asterisk, opening day is next Thursday, but next Friday is the first day you have a full slate of games. Okay. So not everybody's starting next Thursday. We do know the Red Sox and Yankees are starting next week, Thursday. Oh, that's a Thursday game? Yeah, that's a Thursday right. game. But not. But everybody starts officially next Friday the 8th. Awesome. Um. Yeah, I'll get I'll get right into it. So spring training, at least I've been looking for the Red Sox. Has been pretty good for this team. Oh yeah. I uh, good to see Trevor Story going on. Got a got a nice hit yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, Marzell Meyer with the home run off ninety seven mile an hour fastball. Nathan Avaldi, Bobby Dahlbeck's hit the ball yeah. extremely well. First baseman there. Uh and then you see the bad part of it. In our last episode, I was hyping up the potential third starter of this rotation and Tanner Hawk. Great point. And, and he's yeah. been he's been everywhere, man. I I watched for a quick second the other yesterday and he plunked some guy in like the head. That guy <laughs> that guy could oh, yeah. yeah, guy couldn't find the strike zone right now to save his life. I feel Jeez. bad for the guy. Um hopefully he gets it together, but that's uh, something to really, you know, ask of how deep is this uh starting rotation, even pitching staff going to be. And, yeah, we got Garrett Whitlock. They're trying to make him a starter. I like that. Um, you know, Chris Sale seems to be coming along just fine. We'll be probably available by the end of the month because mm. um, we're in April now, right? Um, yeah. And then Nathan Evaldi again, getting his ass kicked by single-A guys. But that's it's all right. It's spring that guy's, training. That guy's I wouldn't read too much into it. Like, what? It's Honestly, I'm going to put this out there now. Yep. In all seriousness, folks, do not expect pitching to, to come out the gate roaring. In all seriousness, they don't. Because, number one, the shortened spring training, that is going to impact pitching. So expect a lot of a lot of um, high scoring early on in the season, the first two weeks of the season, starting next week. That's number one. Number two, the hitters, they're by far, based on what I've seen throughout spring training so far, they're far, far on the way ahead of the pitchers. Oh yeah. In terms of timing, in terms of you know like being able to like like in terms of the hitting overall, absolutely. So when we talk about Nathan Eovaldi, like don't don't I'm not worried. Don't I, I'm not, it's I'm not rare. worried about Nathan Valdi. I'm just kind of shitting on him for letting up a home run to a 17 year old. My po- <laughs> I, I, I do have I do have major so age matters now. Like what the oh, hell are we oh, doing? Oh, definitely, absolutely. Like wait wait why why does age matter? It's spring training. You you gotta have a bunch of single A double A triple A guys trying to get the conditioning in, and you worry about age. They they just he was the number one starter for a team all last season, and you let up a home. I'm not where I'm not. I'm not worried. I'm just shitting on him because that's funny. Why? Because it's funny. So let, let me answer this question. So yep. so if 
Jacob DeGrom allowed a, a, a bomb, which, by the way, he's been unhittable this spring training so oh, far, no, and Max Scherzer as well for the New York Mets. So if they give up a home run to a to a 17 or 18-year-old minor league, we're going to start shitting on the guy? Like, it's spring training for, for Pete's sake. I'll give you a Herb Brooks quote. So that goalie from the Soviet Union. Oh, yeah. You're scoring him, keep the puck. Cause, so if, you, if you're if you a 17, 18-year-old hitting a home run off Jacob DeGrom, yeah, keep the ball because it doesn't happen As if you get often. it back. Yeah. Oh, that ball's gone. <laughs> Uh, my point, though, yeah. I, I do have a little concern on Darren Hawk because if you have the yips early on in spring training, at least through my experience, it does not work out for you in the uh, long run. I'm hoping that he uh, he gets it together. I mean, he only let up one run yesterday, but he hit like five guys. So uh, yeah. maybe, maybe, maybe clean that up a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I definitely like what I see from the Red Sox. It's good to see, you know, the signing of Trevor Story, mm. uh, Xander. I mean, Rafi's killing the ball. Seemed, he's mean, looked amazing. Yeah, he, he's he's yeah. gonna be the best play, best offensive player on the team. Um, even JBJ hitting a home run last week. That was good to see. Uh, you know, everyone's ripping on him for his offensive game. Clearly, uh, he's because a he's a two hundred career hitter. Oh yeah, and, and he traded him for a thirty home run hitter. Exactly. Which, 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 let, let, come to, again, talk talk to me in 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 late May, early June when he's hitting two fifteen and you're and you're screaming on the top of your lungs as to why the hell he can't hit the ball. Oh, better yet, one seventy five. One seventy five. Yeah. Over under, <laughs> <laughs> under actually. Yeah. So, uh, how, how have you been um, keeping tabs on the Yankees? Then I haven't really too much. And I, I have to an extent, to an extent, because I've been more focused on Major League Baseball as a whole. Yep. I'll but in, that. but but in terms of the Yankees, what I am most concerned about is their ineptitude when it comes to Glaber Torres playing shortstop. Why the fuck do they continue to have him? Continue to play that position, albeit in a in, in a backup role. Like, what are we doing? Have we not learned over the last couple of years he can't play short? Like, listen, who's stop. Who's the backup option? There is no backup option after after Kenta Falafa. There, there there is no backup option. So it's like <sighs> Brian Cashman, please. And then he, it's he, March thirty first, and I'm and I'm not going to blues a gasket. He just blew. He just like commented on the twenty seventeen. I heard about and, and it pissed so it pissed me fuck it pissed me fucking off because yeah. honestly, I'm like, dude, it's five years. Move the fuck on, and then on top of that, do you and I a favor? Do a better job constructing the team. Stop blaming the Ashes for twenty seventeen. It's done. It's over with. I moved on. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. We should hold it against the Astros, sure. But if you're gonna use that as a starting point, then what? Then what the hell are you doing? They better put it on his tombstone when he dies, just like 20, 2017, Astros. robbed of a ring, <laughs> just like Jada Pickett Smith. Like, oh, I mean, get him, get him. I mean, really? Like, damn. Oh boy, I like that. Um, We'll hop right into it right away. We don't have to do every division because that takes a while. Yeah. But we'll get um, AL East predictions. Toronto is an absolute wagon this season. The Rays are coming back as the defending AL East champions, if that's a big crown or whatever. The Red the Red Sox um, had a little deep postseason run last year, and mm. they defeated your New York Yankees in the uh, wild card. It happens. So um, I'll take the floor first. I really like what Toronto's done, um, but I'm, I'm going with the – I'm not trying to be a homer. I'm an unbiased baseball guy, mm-hmm. but I think the Red I think the Red Sox are going to get it done. I think they have the the best one through nine in the division. I think just as good as the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays have not shown me anything 
at least on the field that has shown me that they're that they have what it takes to get it done and wrap up a division. So I do think I'm taking the Red Sox here as along with the Blue Jays and the Yankees to uh, face in that AL wildcard matchup. Uh, Anton, your Rays are going home early this year. What did you think? I think, you know, I think the Sox have what it takes. One through nine, last year with J.D. Martinez, could be last year with Xander Bogarts. They're going to let this ride. They're probably going to be more possible, pitching the If deadline. it's possible to pull up the, the Blue Jays starting lineup one through nine right now. I'll do it. I'll do it. That I, I because the homer came out of you. It, it, it came out of you as if like the Red Sox or the one lineup in the division who who can absolutely rake and no one else can. Please, I did not say that. I said they have the best lineup in baseball. They. <laughs> do not make me get up. Get are, you, up? Are, are you serious? Yeah. They have the best lineup in baseball. Yeah. They they have the better line than no, the Dodgers. A- AL East, I'm at AL East. I'm, I'm, I'm like I'm like please don't don't let me get. I'm like they, got, they don't have a better line than, than the Dodgers. Are you crazy? No, AL East. I was about to say I'm like really really okay. And the AL East debatable. I'll give you that. Oh, it's definitely debatable. De- debatable. The Red Sox are. But I still put Toronto ahead by a hair. I just did because it. okay because man. Teoscar Hernandez is, is is that wild card in that lineup. Yes, losing Marcus Simeon is a big loss in that lineup, although he, he signed a free agent deal with Texas. Yeah. But Teoscar Hernandez is going to find himself having a bigger role in, in that Toronto offense, which is why I believe that Toronto, they're pretty clear. And oh, listen, Springer, it, it, Guerrero, Josh, Jr., Hernandez, Bo Bichette, got Gary o Jr., Matt yeah. Chapman, Kevin Biggio. I mean, you name it, they got it. Good. Like, how, do you, how do you not expect... Toronto to at least win the division. For me, I I, I have the winner of the division outright. Okay. Like in terms of the wild card, this is why the AL East is going to be the best division of baseball. Like this it is year. every year. Like it is every year. Like la- yeah. Every year. Yeah. But like but but specifically this year because if you ask me to pick the the um the playoff teams this year in the American League overall, I still got the White Sox winning the central handily. And I think that, honestly speaking, I really do believe that Tim Anderson is good enough to, to win American League MVP. AL West, I think that right now it is the Astros' division to lose. And as much as I hate to even say that, but I really do think by default, honestly. Houston, I mean, did Texas spent some money this season. The Angels really never show up. Oakland, who knows what year they can I got Houston, but honestly, Seattle is a very intriguing team in that division. Not not overlooking them by any stretch of the imagination because uh, because when I tell you that Robbie Ray is gonna is gonna have a big impact on that on that rotation in Seattle, being the ace defending AL Cy Young Award winner, I really believe that. And I and I also do think that if I mean the Seattle Mariners, if you talk about what they are going to have to go up against Houston, it has been the class of the division over the last several years, which is why I think right now Houston takes the AOS Central, goes to the White Sox, AL East. I'm going with I'm going with Toronto, but I do think wild card it will come down to Yankees and the the Yankees and the Red Sox. But the Red Sox and the Rays are gonna—they're gonna have a dogfight down to the final weekend of the regular season, which is now in early October. Now that we know the full schedule, 
I mean, yeah, that's that's tough. For sure it is. Um, I'll lead on. So I said Red Sox. You said uh, Blue Jays. Right. With a couple of wild cards thrown in. Mm-hmm. Um, I will go Both with, wild cards are coming out of AL East. I'm willing to bank money oh, on that. Oh, and that should be like every year for however long yeah. that goes on. And then also, by the way, as a reminder, wild card, wild card now is now best of three, not best of one anymore. It's now best of three. Oh, that's good. I like that. That's even yeah. better. Um, it makes it focus so more, much more. What, what guy, what sequences of starters you're gonna roll in? Exactly. Who are you gonna throw in game one and home field advantage. Like who? Like who's? Yeah. yeah. That too. Um, so ALCS prediction and winner, and then we'll do NLCS. So I'll go first. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, like every year, and they they seem to show up every single year. I think Houston is a team that can get there. I think Houston mm-hmm. is a definite team that can get there, and I think. For this season, and I I don't think they're going to win the division. I, I think they're going to get in the wild card. I think they're going to win that one. I think, like you said, they have one of the better division, um, one of the better offenses of baseball. I rank them as the second best um, offense in the AL East. Mm. I think Toronto has a great chance to, you know, have the luck of Canada. Luck of go Canada? Through, yeah. Go through Toronto versus Detroit. Just for that, next, the next next podcast, I'm, I'm aware of my Blue Jays fitted. I'm aware. I'm aware. I'm serious. In two weeks, I'm aware. Okay. Just just for that, luck of Canada. Luck of Canada. Good God. Blame Canada. No. <laughs> why, why would I want to blame Canada for Canada for what? Not that. It, it, it <laughs> so I got Houston going back to the World Series. You're nuts. You're, I, you're out of your fucking mind. I think they'll get it done. Toronto. Listen, Toronto and Chicago is going to be your ALCS matchup. Man, Chicago. I don't understand no why way. the baseball prognosticators keep sleeping on on keep, keep sleeping on Chicago. Excuse me for having a moment where, where I'm like I'm mumbling or whatever. But man, does anyone understand just how good Chicago is and how much of a dark as they truly are in the American League? Not just the AL Central. AL Central, they're their favorites. But in terms of the American League, that team is sneaky scary. I'm going with teams that have the experience of winning in the playoffs against these. Shit and you don't think Chicago's Chicago. experience from la- from last year, or even 2020, doesn't matter? No, it doesn't because they, you're, you're, they like, got shelled each time. Because okay, they, they, they went up against Houston last year. I'll give you that. Fine. And they're however, go up Houston again this year, and ha- they're going to lose. However, however, now you you turn around and you look at what Chicago has been able to do. And to the, what they're bringing back this year, I believe that the experience and having a healthy Eloy Jimenez, who, by the way, was banged up last year, having a healthy Eloy, Eloy Jimenez, you talk about um, Lucas like, like Lucas Ogilito, and as well as like yeah. Lance, Lance Lynn. Yeah, uh, Alex Keiko, they got a bunch that, of that, veterans. Right, and they, they got arms. I mean, although losing Carlos Rondon is, I mean, is, is a yeah, bit. They, it's they, a, it's they picked a, up Kimbrell, though, right? They got him. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like so, like. So I'm and, and then, but, but, then, but but then no. But then now the lineup. Like if you're gonna overlook, if you're gonna look lo- Louis Robert, I talked about him in this already. But don't forget about Louis Robert. Don't forget about Jose Abreu. Don't forget about Tim Anderson, who is a perennial MVP contender, considering how just how good he is. And, and I just think that Chicago's lineup, when they're all healthy. Specifically, Eloy Jimenez, they're, they're, they're among the best in the American League. They're, they're a good team. Don't get me wrong. I just feel like any team that makes the ALCS, is at least one of them is going to be out of the ALCS. Who farted? These teams, these teams are battle-tested. 
And uh, I think t- Toronto for one. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna make the Red Sox my World Series pick because that's just not gonna happen. I'm just. That's not what I'm going to accomplish here. But I, I think. <laughs> I, I think Toronto has a great team. I don't think they're gonna win the division, but they're gonna be one of these teams that come out of the woodwork and get the job done. I think. Oh, I, th- I think. White Sox run into a buzzsaw in Houston mm. first round and go home early. That's that's my take on that. Oh, wow. On the other hand, <laughs> moving on to the uh, NLCS. That what, what about the what about the National League divisions and then the NLCS? Because I think that for me, I've had the most challenging time with that because I've given a lot of thought. Well, the, I think the biggest. Free for all is the NL East. There's a lot of teams that are really have gotten better. I think at, there's two that that division specifically is a two team division right now. That's the Atlanta Braves, the defending world champions, and as well as the New York Mets. You're forgetting about another team. You're forgetting about another team. Wait, are, are we talking about the Phillies? Phillies. The you know what the Phillies I won't overlook. I'm talking about. I give them the wild card honestly, and I mean that. Like I, I have them as a wild card team, yeah, but Castellanos, they they just got Schwarber, they got a bunch. That, of that, that Nick Castellanos signing was a fucking sneaky. That's a sneaky oh, good yeah. move. He's a, he's a killer. Yeah, like play for the Reds. No one cares about the Reds. But but now he's going into a market where as the Phillies, they're, they're under the spotlight constantly, and I just think that if Philadelphia can figure out its its pitching rotation beyond um beyond Nola and as well as Zach Wheeler. Who really finally emerged on the scene last season? You got something there, but but for right now, I still got Atlanta. Yeah, Atlanta's gonna win. But the Mets pitching rotation is legitimately fucking scary. Yeah, it's only a matter till it the Mets choke as the Mets. But I'm, <laughs> I'm ready to. Be I really want to believe they will, yeah. but that rotation, man, like you cannot any year of any. But DeGrom, the best pitcher in baseball, and Scherzer? I mean, don't forget, they also picked up Chris Bassett, formerly of the, of the Oakland A's as well. Oh, good player. Like, which is, which is why like, they, they got the pitching. So, it's, so now it's not a matter of do they have enough pitching. They got the pitching. It's now going to come down to offensively. How does Robinson Cano look at second base? He's coming back after being suspended all of last True, year. It's going to be a comeback tour, too, because he's going to want to prove. Correct. And then all, and then as well as um, Brandon Nimmo as well. And then and, and then like you talk about first base, but Pete Alonzo. Like you, so offensively for the Mets, I just want to see can the bats be consistent enough to, to also complement the pitching? That's going to be the big question. Now, in terms of the NL Central and the NL West, the NL West is where I had the most trouble because... Should be easy. No, because the San Francisco Giants are not going anywhere. It's gonna, it is going to be a dogfight down to the final month of the season. I think but, the, but the Dodgers, with, with, with their additions to picking up um, Freddie Freeman, yeah, I think it's more, it should be more than good enough to put them over the top to put them in the World Series, but at the same time, you it'd be a major mistake. Mark my words: March thirty first, April first. It would be a major mistake to overlook the San Francisco Giants when you consider that they still got a pretty terrific rotation in their own. With Logan Webb still still the number one guy, I'm overlooking San Fran just simply because the Dodgers look like they're an unbeatable team. Mm. Uh, San Fran losing Chris Bryant, I think, is a, it, a big crash of that lineup. I, I don't know why he went to Colorado. I guess for the money, but like, money. That's what, why. What an idiot. Because yeah. let's be honest, he would have got paid anywhere. He would have got paid not, anywhere. Not, not San Francisco. Oh yeah, he would have. 
Oh, no, no, oh, not, not San Francisco. Not San Fran. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? We're not in those GM rooms. <laughs> sure. Maybe we should have gone back to the Cubs. Maybe you should have played. No. Uh, maybe you should have went to the Yankees. No? No. No, no. No. Okay. Well, I'll get the Dodgers there. NLCS, <laughs> I think it, I, Milwaukee is a team where they have a really good offense, too. You know, I think they they got Hunter Renfro out of um oh, from the, the Red Sox, yeah. I think McCutcheon will bring a lot for that veteran leadership in that lineup. Um, and, and then, and then, that, and then that, that rotation, we talk about Coburn Burns, Wandy Peralta, and then as uh, like the guy uh, Woodruff. Yeah. That's an excellent uh, one, one through three um, uh, staff right there. They always have like a hilarious like Oakland A's, might you say it, like rotation. Like I, obviously we know these guys now, now and like Woodruff and them, but you didn't know any of these guys a couple of years ago. And then they yeah, came on yeah. to see Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Willie Adams too. He played for Adamas, the yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's – is it Adamas? Yeah. Okay. Either way, um, and then we have Lorenzo Cain's always a stud. Christian Yelich. But Lorenzo Cain has been baseball. he's been banged up the last couple of years, and yeah. this has impacted his, his offensive um, production. So that's going to be the, uh, one of the big question marks surrounding the, the Brewers is the health of Lorenzo Cain. Also, the biggest question of all, Christian Yelich, his health, and can he produce? Because last season was a nightmare. He'll be back. Like I'm, I'm banking on him being uh, returning back to his MVP form that he was, excuse me, in 2019. But last season was not was was an awful one offensively. If he's right, the, that Brewers team, they're NLCS bound. I think bound. I think that they could very potentially be an NLCS bound because a clicking Christian Yelich. Could have been a difference last year for them versus the Atlanta Braves, the eventual World Series champion Atlanta Braves. Now, like, I have the most boring World Series pick. <laughs> like, probably, I mean, it's... Boring? Yeah, it's very boring. It's the, the Dodgers over the Astros. I mean, if the, if the Dodgers don't win the World <sighs> Series this year, it's, it's, it's a huge disappointment. It's honestly, like, laugh out loud funny. Like, ha-ha, you guys didn't win the World Series with all that talent, mm-hmm. with all the lineup, with all the pitching. They have everything you want. <laughs> Literally everything, like they. And then, oh yeah, they're, they're also they're getting back a healthy Justin Verlander. Yeah, that should be interesting. Yeah, this is, it's it's insane. But I got I got Toronto coming out of the the American League. You're sold on them. I'm genuinely am sold on Toronto okay. on, on the Blue Jays. Um, and in terms of the National League, I really want to say the I really want to say the New York Mets because of the. Because of their rotation, Toronto versus the Mets. Yeah, I, that's an interesting. Because idea. because I, I really believe that if that would have happened, lineup versus lineup, Toronto rakes. Pitching, the Mets have the rotation advantage. Bullpen, Toronto, because if you look at the arms in the bullpen right now, like between Toronto and and the New York Mets, the Blue Jays got got the advantage. But it, I do think it's going to be Blue Jays Mets in the World Series, and and frankly. It really would be a very compelling World Series. I think I really would. I really believe oh, it. Oh, that would be very watchable if the Mets versus the Blue Jays were in a World Series. Yeah, you're talking about the, like the Cincinnati Bengals versus you know another team that never makes the Super Bowl or something like that. That type of. I mean, strategy. the Blue Jays haven't been in the World Series since nine, almost thirty years since ninety three. Yeah, and the Mets, are, you know, stink. <laughs> <laughs> what else is there to say? They but is that? Not, but, but but now like but now with um, with Buck Showalter in, in, in at the helm in, in the dugout for the New York Mets, I do believe. This this is a team that's more than talented enough to re, to really to, to really contend this year and and they have the pitching they got they're more, they have more than good enough of off offense that's if anything that's really the only concern that I have is offensively 
how will uh, Pete Alonso bounce back? And as well as, uh, like, what what type of offense are you going to be able to get realistically from second base? I think Francisco Lindor is also going to be the big key for that Matt offense. If he goes, they go. Oh, yeah. But what you saw last year, when he struggled, that entire offense struggled. It's crazy how a game like that is so contagious when there's nine guys playing. Oh, it's amazing. How fascinating the sport is. Yeah. Um, our last before baseball, before we get into hockey real quick, mm-hmm. um, AL MVP, who do you like? Oh, gosh. So this is guys. tough. Oh, man. I got it right now. So I think despite not going to make the postseason, I'm still going to give it to him. I think Wander Franco is going to come on. On as the a scene, league MV- that's, as a that league is MVP, AL MVP. That is bold. I think he's going to have about 35, 40 jacks, bunch of RBIs. You know, it'll, it will be tough for him them not, not making the playoffs because it's so such a competitive AL East, which I think that will bring his point even more of getting it. I think there's there'll be teams around. You know, there'll be guys. Yeah. You said the um, center fielder there for the White Sox. I think. I think yeah. Lose, lose Robert. Robert. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even the Red Sox side, Rafael Devers um, always has a chance. Um, Aaron Judge, you name it. But I, I'm going Wander Franco. That's my bold prediction. I'm gonna go with ooh, this. But this one is tough. But I'm gonna go with um, with Jose Abreu. Oh, because like uh, Abreu won the MVP in 2020. But I do think that that Jose Abreu, with his leadership and what he means to that White Sox club. Man, it's I think for a team that has legitimate deep October aspirations, I really believe that Jose Abreu could very well like carry this club throughout throughout this throughout this entire season if they're healthy. But I also do think that like he has a tremendous supporting cast, but we also know how much how much he means to the, the club in terms of his bat, what he brings to first base, and so forth. So I got to go with Jose Abreu. Okay, yeah, because you're, you're saying they're going to be like the probably, – probably they're, the go, they're, go, they're, go, they're going to win the division. That, that I, I, I'm confident in saying now. Like, they're going to win the division. Oh, yeah, that's a cakewalk, AL Central. Right. Like, as, as much as Minnesota has – you know, they have added a few pieces here and there. You know, they added, like, Carlos Correa – with with that with that interesting contract, I'm just like, eh, okay, sure, um, and as well as acquiring um Gary Sanchez, and as well as um Gio Urshela from the Yankees in, in that trade for um, Josh Donaldson and uh, Kinsler Falafa, I still think it's the White Sox division to lose. I thought of you the other day. I watched the Red Sox spring training for a second, and they were playing the Twins. Yeah, Gio Urshela missed the ball to his left, so I'm like, good, good, good trade. <laughs> <laughs> Too early to tell. Yeah. Um, we'll finish up with the NL MVP. I think we just mentioned himself. This, it's a, a lot of big question marks uh, for his return. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a team that I think that's going to go the NLCS against the Dodgers. I'm going with Christian Yelich. I think he's going to come back, play hard for this team. They have a pretty pretty good team this year. Um, not that big stack of division. The Pirates are always down. Cincinnati's always down. The Cubs are going to be down this year. And the Cardinals are going to be the only team that really give them a big fight. Um, so I think the Brewers have a great chance of uh, making it happen. I think it's I think it's going to be Nolan Arenado, the St. Louis Cardinals. Ooh, okay, we'll stay in because Louis. now that you have Albert Pujols, yes, Albert Pujols is a St. Louis Cardinal, and in what will be his final major league season, right. as, as he announced just a couple of days ago. Best slow pitch softball player in the league. You you got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> 
He looks great. This, this guy. But no, like, I mean, what a story that in itself is going to be. Like, for instance, for Major League Baseball in itself, like, the end of an era. Like, if you are our age and you saw, you saw Pujols when he first came up, those first 11 years were unlike any 11 years that we've ever oh, no, seen. He's the best hitter of, like the, at least like, my generation. Like of our generation, with no, oh. no question. Oh, no, I'm not saying the like, player he was before when I used the slow pitch reference. I'm just saying the, the guy who looks like right now. And I think yeah, like, he'd oh, be the first one to come out and say it. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a reason why like he went to the Cardinals because, like, one, yes, he's going to go into the Hall of Fame wearing a Cardinals hat. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. That's number one. Yes, he spent 10 years in Anaheim, but his greatest years. Winning three MVPs, two World Series championships, oh. St. Louis. And he's a legend. He's a legend. He's almost like a like an idol that's completely worshipped in St. Louis. Yeah, it's like KG going back to Minnesota for his last season. Right. The NBA. It's same 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 breeze there. Um, who? So are you have? I, I have no Arenado winning the, the National League awesome. MVP. Well, uh, we'll hit hockey for a second because mm-hmm. um, we got to kind of wrap up here. Yeah. But the Bruins. Um, you know, we've been playing very well. I think they're two points behind Toronto after a tough six-two game the other night. So I was I was there Tuesday night. It was it was tough to see because after the acquisition of uh, Lynn Holm there on the right. defensive side, yeah. side, you thought, okay, now they're going to be strong there. And it wasn't the problem with goals. They ended up with four goals, but their defense broke down. Uh, Swayman certainly didn't play his best game, but there was a lot of breakdowns, at least you know rebounding turnovers in the defensive end. Mm-hmm. But it's 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 good to see that. You know, both teams at the Garden are playing very well. I think, you know, this game against New Jersey tonight is big to just get back on track. They're sitting at 41-20-5. and That's mm-hmm. a great record. I mean, they can't, yeah. they can, um, you know, all these teams in front of them in their division, they can't help that. Exactly. Yeah. And 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 to, to wrap up the, the, the podcast here with the, with the Bruins thought for a moment, I think what will happen now is, let's say if they're, they're able to bounce back and win the game against the Devils on Thursday night, which – right around the same time that we're recording this podcast. I think that it's a step in the right direction, get it back on a winning track and whatnot. But I also do think that this is also a team that is still going to be working on finding its game and making sure that they're able to get through April unscathed in terms of injuries. Because we've seen in the last few years how April injuries have impacted this team going into the playoffs. So... That's going to be interesting because be prepared, folks. April first, starting with the game on Saturday on on April second, they're essentially going to be playing on average every other night. They have a lot of diamond dozen players too. Like, yeah, I never obviously want anyone to get hurt, but if someone gets hurt, one of these fourth liners and like I love Lazar's game, but just an example there. Yeah, if he goes down, not a big per, like not the biggest deal because they have someone to you know come in for that. But if you get a guy. Pasternak, who's got 37, 38 goals on the year, or even Bergeron, who leads by example, March on. And by the way, yeah. McLaughlin makes his debut tonight. Oh, that's that's right, BC, BC along. Yeah, B, yeah, he makes his debut tonight. So I'm oh. curious to see how 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 he'll look and if at all he can make any sort of like notable contributions to this team moving forward as this team enters the final month of the regular season. Yeah, and they re- they um they gave. DeBrusque a couple more years. I don't know if they're going to use that with trade uh, with the trade at the end of the season. Yeah. I fully thought when they uh, I heard that at the beginning of the day of the trade deadline that he was gone. I thought he was good as gone. I thought they were going to they it was more of a Which signing fair, trade type yeah. of thing. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, it was good to see Lindholm, who you know, who's a vet, has played Anaheim his whole career. He came mm-hmm. here, signed an eight year extension. I mean, the amount of stuff they kind of gave up for him. I'm glad they got him to. 
you know, stick there. And then yeah. he, he's just so soft. Uh, out of the first couple of games I've the seen. The first game, he was outstanding, which I was, I was I was there for. Like, he was outstanding. But when you see a defensive, you know, a defensive player in hockey, mm-hmm. and they're just solid, and their presence is better than anything, that's all you need from a defenseman, I believe. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it comes down to, you know, keeping guys in front of you, making sure you don't turn over the puck in the defensive zone. But it really come down to it. It's just it's it's the presence there. It's it's what Charlie McAvoy comes in and does every night. He put, puts yeah. the lumber on people, gets gets in the right spots, makes the people around him better. And that's bottom line what you need. It's good to see you don't have just one guy in that. I know Carlos played well. I like Riley, too. I know Clifton's at the b- mm-hmm. bottom there. But to get another guy who's a... Uh, First line, I don't know how they're going to do going forward of, you know, mixing in those two to get the uh, best out of the, the pairing they're working with. But have another, you know, one-two guy is really big for this team. For sure. Yeah. Um, anything else? What, what you got going on this weekend? Anything fun? Uh, no. I oh. am actually going to be um, – I'm starting the month of uh, Ramadan either tomorrow or Saturday, awesome. which like, which I'll be fasting from sunrise to sunset for 29 or 30 days. And oh, – wow. Preparing for my first broadcast on Wednesday. Uh, thank you. Let's go. Uh, th- thank you. Uh, next yeah. week, Wednesday, um, for Brown University. Uh, I believe they're playing Holy Cross. That's on the SPM Plus on at 3.30 p.m. What's Eastern. baseball? Yeah, college baseball. Awesome. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Holy Cross. You going to go over the Worcester or is it in Providence? No, Providence. Awesome. Good stuff. Um, I'm playing my first round of 18 this weekend. Saturday. Let's go! Out there. Ow! I guarantee a hole in one. No, I don't guarantee. <laughs> I hope I you better record it if it happens. If I, it happens, you be, I want to see that recorded. I, ha- I have one. I'll, I'll show you after the show, but I have yeah. one, and I, it's recorded. It was it was great. A lot, lot of excitement on that green. Sweet. But uh, thanks, for jo- thanks everyone, for joining us tonight on Diamond Blades, episode four. Give me some more, right? There you go. Yeah, there yeah. we go. Uh, we <laughs> hope you enjoyed the conversation along with that, um, you know, tough remark there. I want to thank Hedge Better for making this all po- possible. I hope everyone has a great weekend and make it happen out there. We'll see you next time. Deuces. I got it.